0: This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. It is my birthday today. I am 46 years old, and my God, it has been a difficult one. You know, I have never been one to panic about the decades. So I was okay turning 20. I was okay turning 30. I was okay turning 40. But the middle of the decade, that point where you turn from, you know, 35 to 36 or 45 to 46, that has what's always been difficult for me because in my mind, it means I'm closer to the next decade, which just feels scary. And so I feel like I'm facing down 50 and I'm terrified. And so I thought I would spend today talking about some of the things that have been going through my mind, some of the things that I've been struggling with, some of the things I've been uh, celebrating, and what my plans are looking forward to the, the second half of my life. I could call what I've been going through the last few weeks something of a midlife crisis. In fact, maybe even the whole last year has been a little bit of a midlife crisis because I've really been spending a lot of time slowing down, taking stock, and just reevaluating where I've been, you know, evaluating where I'm at now and where I want to go in the future. And I realize my life has been pretty damn fantastic up into the up until this point. I've been very lucky. I had a great childhood. I've lived out my dreams. I'm doing everything that I said that I would do when I was a young person. And in fact, there was a point late in my 30s, I would say, where I had written a bucket list. And I looked at that bucket list a couple of weeks ago, and I've checked almost everything off that book. The only thing pending is write a book. And I swear I'm still going to do that before I'm 50 years old. So I've got time for that. But there's also a few things that have been weighing heavy on me. And obviously, of course, my weight is one of them. And this past year has really been a time for me to really think about what it means to me to be living in a bigger body and why I want to change it. And I had some pretty phenomenal shifts in my thinking over the past year, in that I used to feel almost this sense of urgency, this sense of panic that I have to lose my weight. And I was extraordinarily self conscious about my body. And, you know, I would still go to beaches and weigh the bathing suit, wear the bathing suit, and I would still, you know, go out to events and wear. Pre- pretty outfits, but I would feel self-conscious about it. I would feel ashamed really. um, And always be thinking like, what are people thinking when they look at my body? Because I know out there in the world, people like to label fat people as lazy, undisciplined, lacking motivation. And I am definitely not any of those things. In fact, most people look at my life and say, how do you have time to do everything that you do? Because I'm always on the move. And you know what? I routinely get 10,000 steps in my day without even trying because I am running around getting shit done every single day. And and so it you know there was just this disconnect between how i thought the world was looking at me and how i actually felt on the inside. And i wanted to i wanted to to find some, you know, resolution around that. And you know, so doing lots of journaling, lots of soul searching, lots of thinking um, over this past year really just brought me to this place where I'm okay in the body that I'm in. I still want to lose weight because, you know, back to that wanting to tie my own shoes, right? It happened this morning. I was up, up early to go for a, a class at the gym um, early this morning and struggled to put my shoes on and and had that had that memory. It's like, ugh, you know, I really want to be able to bend over without my belly getting in the way. So I still have that desire. But if if I don't lose the weight, I'm okay. I'm okay. I feel comfortable where I'm at now. And a lot of that really came from deciding how we were going to define ideal weight um, inside the Nourish Yourself program. And of course, as I've said many times, everything that I teach and advocate for inside my programming, I live out in my own life as well. And so over this past year, I've also had to embrace that definition of ideal weight that we've talked about um, in the last episode. And you know, when I started looking at my life and my body through that lens, I felt much more peace about where where I'm at. So that was one really big shift that um, has happened for me over the past year is just being um, definitely more comfortable in my body now and really feeling good about looking at my weight through the lens of how I feel and how my metabolic health looks and how I want my life to look on the day today, And so that has really helped in terms of my mindset when it comes to my, my weight loss. And it's really helped me um, commit to the other thing that I preach all the time in my programming, and that is focusing on behaviors rather than outcome. And so when I'm trying to define my ideal weight based on how I feel and what my lifestyle looks like and what my metabolic um, panel looks like, it is so much easier to focus on the behaviors because that's really what it's all about. And so that leads me to a second thing, and that is movement. So this is something that I have struggled with my whole entire life. I was always the one that would try and find excuses to get out of gym class when I was young. Um, Somehow when I was in grade three, I decided I want to play soccer. Um, I don't know where the hell that came from, but My parents signed me up. There weren't enough girls for a girls team. So I played on a boys team and I loved it. And I played every year right through to the end of my undergrad. Um, So that was something that kept me going for a long time. But I think I played soccer for the social aspect, um, for something to do to get me outside. So I really enjoyed being outside and playing outside. But I certainly never looked at myself as an athlete and I didn't identify as a soccer player. It was just something that I did. And then when I left undergrad um, and was working on my career, fitness just kind of stopped, went by the wayside. It's also when I started gaining weight, although I don't actually think those two things are necessarily related. Um, although, you know, maybe maybe they are because a lot of it had to do with higher demands on my time, higher stress levels, just a lot of confusion about where I thought my place was in the world. But, you know, regardless, at some point, some point in there, you know, in my late 20s, I started going to the gym again, but, you know, my heart was never really in it. And when I started medical school, um, you know, that really went by the wayside until my first year of residency when I hired, hired a personal trainer and loved it. Loved it. I spent a full year in the gym with a personal trainer, lifting weights. I felt strong. I felt powerful. It was amazing. Then, of course, residency got way too busy for me to commit to that. I stopped going to the gym. Um, I lost all the fitness, all the strength, all the power the physical power anyway, that I gained, and it was all just kind of gone. And I swear to God, it took me a decade before I could get moving again. Only this time, what stopped me is I would, you know, sign up for a gym membership or a trial, usually just a trial. um, And I'd go to the gym, and I would have it in my head that I should be able to lift exactly the way that I did Um, In that year that I had the personal trainer. And then, of course, when I couldn't lift weights that heavy, I would feel defeated, get mad at myself, start, you know, flagellating myself and leave. And then maybe, you know, six months later, I would try again and this story would just go on and on and on. And so, you know, right around the time I decided to start this business, I decided I was going to commit to a year of daily movement. And I thought I was doing myself a great favor at the time because I put no rules around what movement would look like for me, aside from the fact that I would move my body every day in some way, and I would honor what my body needed. So if I felt physically depleted, And didn't think like I could do a hard workout, then maybe five minutes of of stretching or just a short walk around the block would be enough. And I thought this would be a great way for me to learn how to move my body again with love and kindness and have some compassion for myself and some patience when I hit those spots where I realized I wasn't as strong as I once was. And I actually committed to this for a good four months And I felt great and it was good. And then I started with those same stories in my head that it's been four months. I should be stronger. I should be walking farther. I should be walking faster. Um, I hadn't really been lifting a lot of weight. So I was telling myself I was doing it all wrong. Right. And so my mind went to these awful places. And of course, what did I do? I quit. And so that was the end of my year long commitment. I quit after four months. Um, And then, of course, I felt horrible about quitting because I made this public declaration that I was going to do it. And I only lasted a third of the time that I intended to. And so I want to say just before Christmas last year, maybe in the fall of last year, I started doing more journaling about, again, that definition of ideal weight and what that all meant to me. And I was thinking about why I loved that year with the personal trainer so much. And I thought it was because I just loved lifting weights. But I think what I loved is how lifting weights made me feel. I would come out of my hour-long session with Alex, my trainer, and I would feel like freaking amazing, powerful, strong, confident. I would walk home from the gym and never have thoughts of, I wonder what people think when they look at me because it didn't matter. I felt too good. I was sitting in my own power and my own strength. And I think that is what I loved. And so I decided for the year 2022, that one of my goals would be to just get into the best shape of my life. And I didn't put any parameters around that about how I was going to go about doing it, just that I was going to go about doing it. And so I thought maybe I would hire a personal trainer again. And mm, I just, you know, my schedule is a little bit... Um, it's unpredictable is the word that I like to use. I certainly have time for a personal trainer, but i don't I don't always have the same time every week, right? My schedule just um is very labile that way. It can look one way, one week, and be completely different the next. And um it was just causing me a lot of, anguish thinking about how the heck I would schedule something with somebody who probably expects me to show up at the same time every week. And so I decided that I was going to go um, to this gym called F45 in Bruce Grove, here where I live. And this is just, you know, one of these um, places, kind of like um, Orange Theory, um, where you go and it's just a class, you do the class and then you leave. Um, And I love it because it's a lot of functional movements and there's some cardio days and some weight training days and it's 45 minutes and it's done. And I have been going for a few weeks now and I loved it. Love it. Like, I absolutely love it. And, you know, this morning, in fact, was you know, I don't know what happened. Something happened, but, and even the trainer said like, Michelle, what the hell's happening? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I feel good today. Um, but I was paired up, um, with this guy who is often at the same class that I'm at. And he told me at the end of class today that, you know, when you first started, he said, I didn't think you were going to come back for a second class. And he's like, today you were pushing me. And there was one station where we were doing some squats. And he told me that, um, he was ready to to quit and the only thing that kept him going was he didn't want to stop before me and I felt on fire on this class and I walked out of the gym and I had a memory of walking home from the gym in Toronto after a session with Alex the personal trainer and feeling the exact damn way doesn't matter that I'm 80 pounds heavier now than I was then I felt exactly the same way and I'm like this is what it's all about and I think this is what it means to me to be 46, is doing my own thing, living my life, doing the things that are going to make me happy and feel good, and to hell with what the rest of the world thinks. And the rest of the world, by the way, includes my husband. So one of the things Rob and I have been um, struggling with Lately, is our schedules, and so one of the things that I've been committed to is being a little bit more efficient in terms of how I spend time working on my business. And I mean, you know, that's another part of my um, my crazy midlife crisis that I'll talk about in a minute. But you know, I don't know. You th- you think medicine is hard? It's not hard compared to being o- to being an entrepreneur. You know. Medicine is about algorithms and ABCs. And, you know, somebody's having a heart attack, and you do, you know, one, two, three, four, five. We've got specific steps that we do, but, you know, there's no algorithm for starting up a business and running a business. So, you know, it has been such a huge learning curve for me. Um, But part of that is I've been reading a lot of books and listening to podcasts about um, productivity and time management and and things like this. And one of the messages that consistently comes through with all of that literature is that You have to do your deep work, your important work, your productive work um, in the morning. And I mean, for most of us, they they say it has to be when your energy is the highest. And for most of us, that tends to be in the morning. Um, I have never identified as a morning person. I don't identify as a night owl either. I identify as somebody who likes lots of sleep. Um, But getting up early has always been a struggle for me. And when I started doing these F45 classes, the only way that I could really fit them in was to do them at 6.15 in the morning. And so for quite some time now, I have been getting up early and getting that done first thing in the morning. And then I come home and I've got, you know, a couple hours to get really Good creative work done before the emails start coming in, and the phone starts ringing, and the texts coming in, and and all of all of the distractions there. And so, kind of along with this is, I've been trading some of my later shifts at work for the six a.m. shifts to try and keep my body on the same schedule. And so. I have been going to bed at 9, 9.30 most nights so that I can get up at 5 or 5.30 in the morning and feel well rested. But Rob, he still likes to stay up till midnight playing video games and then sleep in until 10 minutes before he's got a um, get down to work. And so this has kind of limited the amount of time that we have to spend together. And so, you know, this has been, you know, something that we spend a lot of time talking about. And of course, I would love if he would just come on this schedule with me, but, you know, he's got to do him. Um, and I've just come to terms that I've got to do me as well. And I feel so fantastic. I feel way more rested. Um, I'm getting much more done and I'm getting these workouts done. And my day just feels so much better when I do this first thing in the morning. So this is something that I'm really looking forward to committing to um, for the next years of my life is Is taking on this identity of being a morning person um, and getting the important things that I need done first thing, and I can't tell you just how amazing it feels in my mind to do this. So here's here's what I do. It's. I I use this EMS framework and I got this from my business coach, Tara, and she says, you always have to consider your energy, that's the E, and your mindset, the M of EMS, before you do the strategy, which is actually the the getting work done. And so the first thing that I do every single morning is ask myself, what do I need to do for my energy and what do I need to do for my mindset? And there's two things that I need that are extraordinarily important for my energy levels. And one is sleep, and that I've known for my whole life. But then the second one is actually moving my body. And even though I have, you know, I spent the first four freaking decades of my life avoiding this and denying myself movement what i what i know now from this experiment of of working out first thing in the morning is that my body feels great all day long if i get that movement in first thing so this is definitely something that i'm committed to doing moving forward and then in terms of mindset for me this you know this really is commitment to my, my meditation practice. And meditation has something that I have done off and on for decades, since my early 20s, for sure. And over the last two years, I'd say, yeah, yeah, I'd say probably two years. Um, I've really been working on my commitment to that practice. Again, I find it works better um, when I do it first thing in the morning. And what I've been struggling with the most lately is, um, you know, I get up, I do my workout. If it's a workout day, some days I rest, it's fine. Um, But regardless, I have my shower and then My intention is to have my shower and then sit on my mat and do my meditation. And what I find happens is that my mind really wants to go to my to-do list and start getting work done right away. And so I kind of have this battle with it every morning. But again, I find if I don't do it first thing, it just never gets done. So I've kind of created this whole morning ritual for myself that includes the exercise, the shower, making my breakfast, sitting down for my meditation, looking at my agenda for the day, planning out what I'm going to get done, um, and making sure that I'm taking steps um, within my business to to work on the bigger projects that I have going on, and so I do that every single morning, weekends included. And I love the structure and the foundation um, that it adds to my life. And I think I think that's what forty six means to me as well is just having this this foundation. Um, I feel like I feel like I spent a good portion of my thirties and my early forties jumping from one thing to another, trying to find something that made me feel more fulfilled. And I think I realized that I just feel the most fulfilled when I'm paying attention and when I'm present doing whatever it is I'm doing. It's not the what I'm doing that's so important. It's how present I am when I'm doing it. And so I find having this morning ritual just sets that sets the stage for presence for the rest of the day. And I really love that. I really love that piece of it. So, you know, I think that's a good thing of middle age is you just you just come to this this place of of understanding what is really important in your life. And it's not necessarily the degrees or the certificates or the accolades or, or anything else that I've accumulated over my younger years. It's just enjoying being alive and, and, you know, really being present with everything, everything going on. And, and I think like that, that brings me back to this business. And it's, it's like, am I crazy? Like, (laughs) The pandemic was a horrible time um, to be a physician, especially an emergency physician. I mean, we saw the worst of it and the worst of every side of it, not just people dying from COVID on every single shift, but people suffering consequences of social isolation, of, you know, not being able to see their doctors, not getting their cancer screening done, all of the things, right? And so it was a slog. Those two years were a slog. And so why the hell I thought I would go and start a business up in the middle of a pandemic is beyond me. But in retrospect now, am I ever glad that I did it? And, you know, I know I just finished talking about, you know, stopping the need to strive to look for the next accomplishment and to rather just be present, you know, with what I'm doing now. The thing is, this business, Ways of Health, fills my soul more than anything else ever has, more than family, more than my husband, more than adventure more, more than anything else. Like this just feels right to me. And in fact, I was on a call with a client um, earlier in the week and she said to me, you know, Michelle, before you were a doctor that and you were just a coach on the side. And she's like, now you're definitely a coach and you're a doctor on the side. And I think that is exactly how I feel on the inside. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I love the medicine and I don't intend on quitting that anytime soon. I think it's having both um, that gives me just this brilliant balance. But you know, the thing is, and as a physician, I have to work within the constraints of a very broken healthcare system, and it is extraordinarily frustrating to feel like my hands are always tied, that I just can't get patients what they need. Um, and you know, that that is a pretty big frustration in 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 my day job or my night job <laughs> whatever it is right and 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 i think you know being able to help people on my terms to be able to do whatever it is that i can do to help them is what gives me so much joy inside ways of health and and so that i have this balance between the two i think is really just really just beautiful and I think this process of growing a business has grown me more than anything else. I mean, it is hard. I remember the first days where I decided I was going to do this. And I'm like, well, now what? Right? And and I bought a bunch of programs and I started to listen to podcasts and watch people on Instagram. And, and I learned all of these rules about what you're supposed to do when you start a business, especially an online-based business. and this really took me down this tunnel of, well, I'd say darkness for a while, really, because I would find these big names in the online business space, and I would do what they told me to do, and it just wasn't working, and it just didn't feel good. And it was a huge process to... learn, yes, and to research and to to figure things out and to get the skills, but then to also step away from all of the other voices and find my own voice inside this space and run my business in the way that feels good to me and in the way that makes sense to me, even if it's not conventional um, in the eyes of everybody else in the online space. And I think I really had to step into my confidence and decide who I was going to be inside my business. And that has spilled over into the rest of the rest of my life as well. I, th- I think that's why I've been able to get back to a gym, working out in the presence of other people, without feeling self conscious or being afraid of of judgment from other people, and not judging myself either. And I think it was really because of how I had to grow to make this business work. Um, just it's just been you know such an amazing thing for me, and so. You know, moving forward, my lesson from all that as I push towards 50 is to find what makes me feel good and do that. Right. And again, who cares what everybody else says I should be doing? I know what's right for me. And, you know, I, my my business coach, again, she's always asking me, you know, do you feel constricted, Michelle, or do you feel expansive? And it's like things that make me feel constricted, I'm just saying no to them anymore right there's you know a, a saying out there that if it's if it's not a if it's not a hell yes then it's a no and you know what i think there's actually some truth to that and so if i feel any you know constriction or heaviness when an opportunity comes up i have no problems now saying no and just waiting for the thing that is a definite you know heck yes for me so um that's been an, an amazing lesson of my 40s and then you know one final thing that i think moving forward from 46 is my health. So I had a little bit of a health scare um, a couple weeks ago. Interestingly, it's totally going to change the way I practice medicine as well. Um, But I had my mammogram, my first one, um, a few weeks ago. And I also had an ultrasound um, of my abdomen. And the radiologist um, called me just a couple minutes after I had the mammogram and said that they saw something in my right breast, that it was probably nothing, um, but that I had to have an ultrasound to have a a closer look at it. And I'm like, that's fine. I know many women have cysts in their breasts. It's all perfectly normal. You know, there, there was no panic there for me. But then about two hours after I got home, my doctor's office called me and The receptionist said that my doctor had to speak to me immediately about urgent results on my ultrasound. And of course, I started panicking. I thought for sure I was dying. I was starting to make um, arrangements for things. And, you know, I was supposed to go sign um, papers for my mortgage renewal. And I actually postponed that appointment because I thought, you know what, if I'm dying, I'm not signing my my mortgage uh, papers. And So I I had a phone call the next day um, with my physician and he he just told me, you know, I I had um, some cysts around my uterus again, no big deal. But the way the receptionist said that, you know, the doctor had to talk to me immediately about urgent results. I I freaked out. I mean, of course my doctor brain might go to different places than, you know, non-doctor brains, but still, I don't think I'm ever going to use that language um, with patients again. But in in that day, I think it was like almost a full 48 hours um, between that phone call and when I spoke to my physician, um, I was in a complete panic. And I was thinking like, what if my life is actually over? What, what if this is the end? And I thought, you know what, all of the petty things that caused me stress, the little things, they just didn't matter anymore. They just didn't matter anymore. And so the question I've been asking myself is how can I how can I keep that mindset of the little things don't matter, right? We spend so much time, you know, Rob and I will fight about the stupidest little things and it's like why why do we waste our time together doing that? It just doesn't even make sense. And, you know, sometimes I say to myself it's because we don't really have big things to worry about. We're so, we're so fortunate and blessed in that way. And so, you know, I think we have to find something to, um, you know, to, to, to spark arguments sometimes, but I mean, it begs the question of, of why in life do we spend so much time getting so worked up over these little things that in the grand scheme of things just don't matter. And, you know, I was thinking, if I only, if the doctor's gonna tell me horrible news, then, you know, I'm gonna quit my job and I'm not gonna stop coaching. I'm gonna coach to the very end. And I thought, oh my God, like how revealing is that that when faced with my my possible mortality, where my priorities were, were, you know, to the women inside Ways of Health. And I think that tells me more than anything else where I need to focus um, my energy and my time over the next few years. Again, I have no intention of of quitting medicine. Right now it's the only thing paying the bills. So I almost have no choice. But... It really validated for me that I am doing the right thing by hosting this podcast, by sharing my story with my clients, and by giving other women the skills to you know, get to this beautiful place that I feel that I'm in right now with my weight, with my body, with my career, with my marriage, with my family, and with my life in general. So there you have it, life at 46. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting so close to 50. I mean, I swear to God, I feel 24, but, you know, patients still ask me if I'm old enough to be a doctor. So, um, you know, hopefully I can still keep keep the youngness alive um as I as I push towards middle age. So, there it is. If you've had a birthday over recent months or have one coming up, I would love to hear about any insights that you have. And if you're also coming towards 50, send me an email, find me on social media and assure me that it's all going to be okay at 50. All right. Thanks a lot, everyone. Um, I really appreciate you listening and we'll talk again next week.